Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team it's drive time now welcome to tribe talk on the cleveland indians radio network tribe talk is brought to you by progressive helping save hundreds on car insurance everyone welcome to tribe talk jim rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from progressive field downtown cleveland and of course as always tribe talk presented by progressive good show lined up for you this week as we take a look at the week gone by with some interviews mainly focusing on the pitching side of things this week shortly we'll hear from eli morgan who earned his first major league win monday night in a win over the tigers and he'll be back on the mound saturday night against houston Also, veteran reliever Blake Parker and youngster Justin Garza, who made his major league debut last weekend in Minneapolis. We'll visit with Ruben Niebla, who's the Indians' fundamental pitching coach, assistant pitching coach, as it were, helping out Carl Willis and also Brian Sweeney. And uh, part of that pitching machine for the Indians, a long time for Ruben, spent as the Indians' minor league pitching coordinator. And we'll also hear from Zach Plesak after his first rehab start for Akron earlier in the week. He'll be back on the mound Saturday night once again for Akron in what could be his final tune-up before returning to the big league club. And we'll also have a farm report with Indians Vice President of Player Development, James Harris. But first, our interview with Eli Morgan. First major league win on Monday, the young right-hander out of Gonzaga talked about what it was like when that final out went down against the Tigers. It was great. Um, you know, it was a great team win. We put a beating on them. You know, the offense carried us most of the game, so it, uh, it made it a little easier to go out there and pitch. Um, you know, as a pitcher, my goal out there when we have such a big lead is to just get outs quickly. So um, you know, I, I was trying to fill up the strike zone, which I did. I uh, filled it up a little too much on some of those home runs, but we'll, we'll take we'll take that you know when we have such a big lead so I was just trying to pitch ahead of batters and then um, once I was out in the fifth you know 
that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, well, we got a big lead. You know, there's a good chance I could get my first win here. And um, watching that final out, it, it was great. It was a nice celebration in the clubhouse after. It was an unusual first two starts in the major leagues for you for a variety of reasons. But now you're, you're starting to get on that rotation and lengthen out a little bit. You feeling like you're, you're hitting your stride at this level and, and have that ability to go out and just pitch the way you know it you can? I do, yeah. Starting to get a little more comfortable. Um, you know, that, that outing against the Cubs was a good confidence boost, letting me know that my stuff's good enough to, to play here. Um, there's still a lot of room for improvement if I want to start pitching deeper into games and become a legit starting pitcher at this level. But I think I have what it takes, and um, I'm in a really good organization to continue improving. You mentioned stuff being good enough to, to pitch here at this level. Um, in the back of your mind, when you're in the minor leagues, until you can prove it up here, is, is that something you always wonder about, even if you're having success at a lower level? Definitely. Um, you know, the, the minors are different than the majors, as simple as that is. Um, kind of the saying around the minors is if you can have success at double-A, you can have success in the big leagues. So after that 2019 year, I, I put up decent numbers and felt confident against double-A hitters. Um, but I, I knew that there was still a lot of work to do if I wanted to have that type of success up here. Um, so it's, it's encouraging to see some success. Um, it's also encouraging to see that there's still a lot of improvement to be had. We're joined by Eli Morgan. Got the win last night, his first in the major leagues as the Tribe defeated the Tigers. Eli, your path to the, to the major leagues, it, I mean, for every player who makes it to the major leagues, there may be 500 different ways to get here. And, and for you, coming out of high school, what was the interest to just even in college ball at a high level, and how did you find a spot that that allowed you to have some success to eventually get drafted? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a slow development out of high school. Um, I remember probably not until my senior year, I, I wasn't even too concerned about college baseball. Um, I was a good pitcher, but I was way undersized, way below the threshold for next level velocity. Um, and I didn't, I, I didn't get a, a D1 offer um, until late in my senior year, probably around April or May. So it kind of came on quick, you know, once, once I started getting those calls, I was like, wow, I'm actually going to have a chance to, to pitch at that D1 level. Um, and then when I got to Gonzaga, um, a lot like the Indians, they're just a great team for developing pitching. Um, we had two different pitching coaches up there. Both of them worked great with me and all the guys. And um, when I was up there, I developed my changeup, developed uh, the ability to work deep in games. Um, I would throw a lot of pitches every seven days, and you know it's taxing on the arm, but it's also really good experience for um, moving forward, being able to work deep in games and getting the ball in that seventh, eighth, ninth inning. That's something I want to be able to do at this level, but I'm going to have to continue to work and improve to get there. You mentioned D1 offers, and for you it was a preferred walk-on, and my goodness, that there's a great example of that on this staff already in Shane Bieber, who was in the same spot. Explain what that is and how much you have to prove when you get on campus that, that you can be a part of their program. Yeah, so a lot like uh, how the Major League team works, where there's a 40-man and a 26-man roster. Um, the college level, there's like a 35-man you know, group of guys that are eligible to be playing, and then there's a couple red shirts. There's gray shirts, which is just a polite way of being cut um, 
so as a preferred walk-on I was guaranteed one of those 35 roster spots but there was no guarantee that I would be on that active roster to pitch there was you know certainly a lot of talk about maybe redshirting that freshman year to continue to improve um, but what I, I had a good good summer in collegiate ball or collegiate summer ball leading into that year and then through pretty well my freshman year and then just continue to pile on innings after that. And that experience of having to really battle for everything at that level, has that helped you now that you're in pro ball and, and now in the major leagues? I think so, yeah. Um, you know, I, I've never been kind of like highly recruited or anything. I, I have always had to prove myself and um, I, I think that's certainly given me an advantage knowing that I, I always have to work on improving that I don't quite have it just yet. There, there's always a better version of me out there to, to strive for. So circling back to the first major league win, game ends last night. What happens in the clubhouse to someone who wins their first major league game? We, uh, we shake hands and uh, <laughs> say congratulations. Very, very, very formal. And do barley and hops come into play in terms of a new hair care product? You know, they, uh, they do dry out the hair a little bit more than I would have expected. So I did, I did some thorough deep cleaning to uh, all of my hair particles after that. Eli, congratulations. Thanks for coming by. Thank you very much. That's rookie right-hander Eli Morgan, and he is back on the mound Saturday night when the Indians take on the Astros. Stay tuned. More to come after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive wants your pets to be their best selves, so we cover them in our auto policy, and we created this self-empowerment series just for them. The smell of bacon fills the air as you chase a tennis ball across a grassy field. You notice a fire hydrant and approach to mark your territory. Your aim is impeccable. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Now the 1-2 offering. Swing and a miss with that split change. Parker strikes out the side. It's stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Progressive Field where this weekend the Houston Astros are in town. Part of a week-long homestand for the Indians. Night game Saturday, 7-15, first pitch with a great fireworks show after the game. And then on July 4th, Sunday, the Indians and Astros will play at 110, and it looks like great weather this weekend for the Tribe in downtown Cleveland. And uh, then it's just a short road swing down to Florida. The Indians will take on the Tampa Bay Rays Monday and Tuesday nights and Wednesday afternoon, and then they're right back at Progressive Field to finish out play before the All-Star break against the Royals next Thursday through Sunday. And then it's the Major League All-Star break, so it's uh, coming on the Indians in a hurry, but they really need it. The way things have gone pitching-wise from an injury standpoint, no one left from the original starting rotation coming out of spring training, but uh, they're trying to cobble it together and uh, piece it together and get some good performances from their young pitchers to try and stay relevant in the American League Central Division race. The bullpen, well, they've been taxed lately, but it's been a solid season for the Tribe pen. And, and one of the new additions to the bullpen 
is a veteran pitcher who's been around the block a time or two. We're talking about Blake Parker, who says it's a winding path to get to this point this season, but he knows even as a veteran player, nothing is given to you at this level. Yeah, you know, that's kind of been my M.O. my whole career, kind of under the radar, um, out to prove myself every day, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder when I pitch. Um, you know, undrafted or not not drafted as a pitcher, but uh, showing the world, showing the, everyone that I feel like I can pitch, I, I can play this game, and and uh, sticking with it, and uh, knowing that knowing that I had the skills to get back here and compete and, and try to help a team win, and, and that's the number one goal. Um, it's been a great bullpen, like you said, all year. I've been excited to uh, come up and join them. You know, the the guys have really been holding it down, and and it's been fun to watch. So I wanted to be a part of it as much as I could. You're in camp with the Indians, and you don't make the club, and, and you're at a, a stage in your career where I imagine you, you probably think about maybe some different options. What what led you to staying in this organization? Um, you know, like I said from spring training, it was about the opportunity. I came into spring training. Um, you know, they were, they were really honest with me with, with the fact that there was a couple open spots in the bullpen. Um, didn't, didn't make it out of spring, but uh, I still felt like there was opportunity. Um, watching the games and knowing that the the type of guys that we had out there that that I feel like are a bunch of good guys that have each other other's backs, that's the that's a recipe for success uh, and for a bullpen and a bullpen that um, stays together, really pitches well, feeds off of each other, and uh, yeah, that's one, something I wanted to be a part of. Blake Parker joining us, Tribe relief pitcher, and uh, Blake, you you're drafted by the Cubs, and the early stages of your pro career, you're a position player. Uh, explain the transition and, and maybe the surprise at the timing of when they asked you to, to maybe try it on the mound and see if that would work. Sure. Well, it all started. I, was, I had a pretty good uh, rookie campaign uh, in rookie ball my first year in 06. I was, ended up being a postseason all-star. I had uh, quite a few doubles, and you know I hit probably two, 280-ish or so. Um, went to low A at the end of that year and was 0 for 23 with uh, seven or eight strikeouts. So a little over my head there. Maybe maybe a little bit of a mental mental struggle to get over. But um, next year came into spring feeling good. Um, stayed back in spring training, uh, extended spring training they call it. And uh, I remember it was a, a two to one ball game. We were down with a runner on second in the bottom of the eighth. And I come up, hit a go ahead homer in the bottom of the eighth. We end up winning the game. I think that I'm coming back. Uh, I get called into the uh, office after the game as I'm headed out to the car, and and they say, "What do you think about being a pitcher?" As I'm thinking, I'm going up to low A. So after you hit a game-winning home run, after the game-winning <laughs> homer, but uh, I tried to keep a positive outlook on it. Um, showed up with my mitt the next day and never looked back. Blake Parker, thanks for coming by. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, what a great story Blake Parker is certainly uh, for the Indians as uh, someone who started out as a position player when he was drafted and then has carved out a fine major league career that's still going strong as uh, he continues with the Indians this season. The flip side of that is Justin Garza. Just up from the minor leagues last weekend, Garza made his major league debut in Minnesota last Sunday, and he says it was uh, quite a day uh, both personally and professionally. Um, honestly, I just, like I said, we were behind in the game a little bit. I wanted to uh, keep the momentum on our side the best I can. And um, it was just a relief to, to finally get in and, and get on a major league mound. And uh, I think I've earned it. And it was just good to have my family out there as well. And like I said, it was just, just a relief and a, it was a good time. 
you come into the game under really tough circumstances with a horrible injury to Josh Naylor. Uh, how difficult was that, the, the circumstances you came in on? It was very difficult. I mean, it, it was almost, I wanted to make sure he was okay before I even started the throw. Um, I know it was on everyone's heart, so you can just tell in the dugout and stuff that people were, you know, thinking about him and, and all that. But uh, it was tough, um, obviously hoping for the best for him and, and his family. But, um, yeah, it was a pretty uh, scary situation. You mentioned um, earning that spot, and, and I know you were a starter earlier in your career, and, and this season it's been mainly out of the bullpen. Uh, the results were tremendous, but is it still a surprise when you get that call and, and they tell you, hey, you're going to the major leagues? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, before this year, I'd never been out of A-ball, so it was honestly just such a blessing. And, and for the Indians to, to stick with me and, and still believe in me, I think um, it's just a great feeling. And like I said, I mean, to uh, start the season in Akron and be there for, for a week or so and then go to Columbus and, like you said, being in the bullpen for the first time, um, I wouldn't say it's a surprise, but it kind of is. I mean, I definitely worked worked hard to, to succeed, but um, for it to happen this quick, honestly, it was it was a little bit of a shock, but but just super grateful. What's been the biggest difference that's allowed you to take a big step forward? I'm just just trying to talk to the guys in the bullpen in uh, in Akron and Columbus. Just like I said, this is my first time relieving, so just again, gathering all the information I can and um, just trying to stay ready as much as possible. Justin Garza stopping by, an Indians pitcher, made his major league debut yesterday. Uh, just to get drafted was not the easiest for you. You had a, a nice career in, in college at Cal State Fullerton. And Tommy John, your junior year, late, not a good thing uh, when, when you're hoping to get drafted. Explain what was going on there and, and how difficult maybe a, a three-week stretch it was before the draft and with your team playing very well. I mean, it was definitely a, a change of events. I mean, like I said, we were playing well. Um, my junior year, I was, had a, a good first two years. I was looking to get drafted and, and, and advance, hopefully, to the College World Series. And then just like that, you know, plans changed, and, and it went from where am I going to get drafted to will I get drafted. And so whoever team, whoever was going to take a chance on me, I was going to be grateful, and it just so happened that uh, it was the Indians. So now you're here, and uh, you were able to enjoy yesterday with your family, and, and now you get into that day-to-day -day at the major league level. Uh, what do you try and do here in, in these first days, aside from just going out and, and, and putting up some zeros, but what could be helpful for you, you think, of the first days in the big leagues? I'm just trying to not get lost, trying to be, be where I'm supposed to be, um, and really just take one thing at a time. There's obviously a lot more going on here, you know, a lot more fans, bigger stadiums, and... Uh, just trying to stick to the basics, you know, it's still still pitching, it's the same game, and um, just trying to learn as much as I can, soak it all in. Well, Justin, nice going yesterday. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Boy, a young kid with a, a pretty good head on his shoulders, it seems, and a, a pretty good right arm, too. He gets it up there in the mid-90s with some good breaking stuff. Justin Garza trying to stick in that Tribe bullpen for a while. Stay tuned. When we continue with Tribe Talk presented by Progressive, we'll visit with Indians assistant pitching coach Ruben Niebla and talk some pitching and development of young pitching specifically. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you. 
from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland and a lot of ways to get our show each week. You can do so, of course, on the Indians radio network. It usually airs on Saturdays prior to game time for the Indians that particular Saturday. You can go to Indians.com. All the archived editions are there, or you can download it as a podcast as well. And uh, when you do that, all the archived editions are there, too, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Ruben Lienebla has been in the Indians organization for quite some time, and for a long time he was the Indians minor league pitching coordinator, and so many of the pitchers who made it to the major leagues have talked about his contributions for them on the way up to the big leagues. Now here he is as the Indians assistant pitching coach at the major league level, as he calls it the fundamental pitching coach, helping out Carl Willis and also Brian Sweeney in the bullpen, and he says... There's some things that are particularly important, especially for the young pitchers on the staff, to make sure that they're doing on a daily basis. Well, you know, starting with the young ones, I think the having a relationship with them and having an understanding of, you know, sometimes just what their heart heartbeat is uh, as they're out there compa- uh, competing um, is, is is just as important as any you know delivery miscue they might have. Um, so. Um, you know, I think that overall it's, you know, being up here, you know, and as a fundamental pitching coach, if you may, um, you know, it helps me uh, not only uh, when I have a strong relationship with the players, but it helps also uh, being able to be up here and, and them know that there's somebody that they've, uh, that they've talked to in the past, maybe about delivery, that they've gone through some struggles that uh, I was aware of. So it's been a, it's been a, a pretty good transition, I think. Well, and I imagine this year more than any other, uh, there's some big-time value in that because most of the pitchers here, I imagine you worked with at some point in time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think besides uh, Whitgren and Parker, <laughs> I think I saw both of these guys in the in the minor leagues at some capacity. But um, yeah, it's um, you know it's been a, a pretty challenging and fun year at the same time. Seeing a lot of the new faces that have come up from the minor league level and guys that you know I saw maybe get drafted and, and uh, you know, was able to put together their plans of how we were going to develop in the minor leagues. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, really, uh, it's really a cool feeling to see some of these guys up here now that uh, they, you see them that they work so hard and now they're up here at the major league level and still developing at the major league level and, uh, and, and uh, you know, just the effort that they're putting into and, and, and the confidence that is, that is brewing up. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to see. And so many have missed the AAA level altogether. J.C. Mejia, a great example. I mean, he was in A-ball, and he's making that jump. And how do you bridge that gap for those guys? What are some of the things that that maybe they miss that you try and catch up while they're here? Well, you know, J.C. is a great example. Uh, You know, he was in Lynchburg, um, and then his next competitive season is at the major league level. Um, And that's, that's not easy to do. Uh, being able to be here and and know what their strengths are and kind of lean on that um, is is hopefully what we're trying to do um, with everybody. Um, and so being able to, to have these young guys and, and how, how we do that is we lean and we fall back on like what are they capable of doing. So knowing your own players is just as important as knowing the opposition. It's actually more important to know your own players. And then being able to drive them to these are your strengths. This is what you're capable of doing. Let's keep building on that. And as as we go, there's going to be some things that are going to be maybe exposed that we need to uh, continue to improve. 
and uh, you know we're taking that day at a time right now and trying to get everybody better. Ruben Niebla joining us, part of that Indians uh, pitching coaching staff here at the major league level and really doing some nice work. And uh, Ruben, for many years you were the, the minor league pitching coordinator and, and I know so many pitchers came up here and they said, hey, he, he had a big impact on me. Eli Morgan the other day was, was just mentioning how there's some flexibility when a, a young pitcher is coming in in terms of what they like to do, what works for them. And uh, does that get back to what you were talking about earlier that just finding out what makes each individual pitcher tick to, to get them to be the best they can be? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's knowing your knowing your players is very important, and uh, how much you're able to push them or or or, uh, or just just give them work that they're capable of doing in between their starts. Those four days in between uh, their starts are so vitally important right now. Uh, I think in the past when you have more veterans, you kind of like loosen the reins a little bit and you let them go out there and you let them get their you know, get themselves prepared and, and throw their bullpen and kind of lay back a little bit more. And right now we're in a situation where we have all these young guys and, and the four days in between become almost just as important as the fifth day when they're actually competing out there on the, on the, on the mound. Um, so, you know, just having that relationship and understanding um, how much you can push a guy or how much you need to lay off or how much do you need to um, you know, feed them information or how, how much you need to not give them information uh, is very important, and hopefully we're balancing that and, and, and doing a good job at it. And it's been a winning June with all these challenges. Are you surprised at all at, at, at how some of these young pitchers have done in, in what seemingly is a very difficult spot? Well, n not surprised. I, I think we are actually capable of doing more. I, and I'm actually looking forward to the rest of the season here and, and watching these guys develop and watching these guys grow and watching these guys go out there and give us, uh, give us a fighting chance every time out. Uh, and then once we put, start putting a string of uh, good outings together, is watching these guys then get to a point where Savali and Bieber and Plesak and, and guys before them uh, were doing this. They were actually competing against one another. Oh, you did that? It's my turn to do this. I think once we get to that point, we'll be in a pretty good spot, and I think that's in the future. And is it true, as we close, that it took four people to replace your job <laughs> in the minor league system after you joined the big club? No, those are just rumors. Um, <laughs> No, there's, uh, there's some more hirings, and they, you know, the Cleveland Indians do a great job at, at finding the right people, at hiring the right people, and, uh, you know, there, there's, there's just, let's just say there's just more hands and eyes on the pitching department in the minor leagues now. Well, Ruben, keep up the great work. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always fun to talk pitching with Ruben Niebla, the Indians' assistant pitching coach. And, uh, boy, he's had his hands full with some young pitching this season, but somehow the Indians are, are piecing it together and, and trying to play winning baseball during a time when injuries have really torn apart their staff. And one of those injured, but maybe, just maybe, on the way back quickly is Zach Plesak. We'll hear from him next as we continue with Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive wants your pets to be their best selves, so we cover them in our auto policy, and we created this self-empowerment series just for them. You are lying paws up on the sofa. A human caresses the itchy spot behind your left ear as another human feeds you a slice of cheese. Your ancestors are wolves. 
Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, our final segment as uh, we take you closer to first pitch time on Saturday. If you're tuned to this on the radio, the Indians and Astros at 7.15 on a Saturday night. And the Indians are hoping that a part of their original rotation coming out of spring training might be returning fairly soon. Zach Plesak is headed for another rehab assignment on Saturday night with the AA ball club, Akron. He pitched for Akron on Tuesday, and afterward, he talked about how pleased he was with how the outing went. Yeah, no, I felt really good, man. It's just good to be out, out playing. You know, we had the rain delay. It was like two hours, two and a half hours. So we were hanging out in the clubhouse for a little while and kind of just hanging, you know, and just waiting to see if we were going to play. But, you know, we finally got out there. Lights are on. It was, I mean, a lot of excitement, man. The fans showed a lot of appreciation. It was great to be back, pitch in front of them. And overall, I feel really healthy. I feel good. And, yeah, I'm just excited to be back pitching the games. How many outings do you think you need to get stretched out? I mean, that's, I mean, good question. I don't make those decisions. You know, I think um, our organization's done such a good job of making sure guys are in a good spot when they come back and return to play. You know, our um, our uh, strength and conditioning and our trainers here, you know, and all across the whole organization have just have known for that, you know. So, really, they're the ones who have the intelligence to make those calls. And I know they're going to make the right decision. We're going to work together and just make sure um, when the time's right, you know, I'm prepared and ready to go pitch and win games. Is it a little uh, weird? Not in a bad way, but there's so many of you guys down there with Berto and, and Fran Mill. I mean, <laughs> that is unusual that three of you there on one night. No, I mean, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, it's just exciting. There's other guys on this team too, you know, that I'm friends with who I've played with, you know, so it's good to see them come back here and spend the, spend the day, play a game with them. You know, I wish, I wouldn't have given up any runs for him. And I wish we could have played a little longer. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a good experience being back here. And, you know, I overall felt healthy. And it was just good to be back in Akron and pitching in games. Are you working on anything in particular, Zach, other than, you know, just obviously trying to get through your 33 pitches? Yeah, just attack the zone, really. You know, um, I think really just seeing hitters in the box, making sure I was putting pitches where I wanted to, execute, executing pitches, um, working on – I mean, just making sure everything feels right. You know, we had a steady mix of every pitch tonight and just wanted to make sure every pitch felt good. So the game plan really was to make sure every pitch felt good, you know, and I think we did that. And I felt I had some good pitches with each each pitch of mine. And so, you know, to me, that's a win. So I'm going to keep moving forward um, and, you know, execute in the bottom of the zone, making sure everything feels good. So, Zach, with uh, starting your season in 2018, um, going one-on-one with the 096 ERA, what – what did you kind of learn in the beginning of that season? I know Shane Bieber started here 2018 and made it up to the majors, made his debut in, in 18. What did you what did you kind of learn in that in that time frame here in Akron to get yourself to where you are right now? Oh, I mean, it's just growing, you know, as a pitcher. I knew that you had to be aggressive. You had to attack hitters, um, come at them with your best stuff and just got to work hard and continue to do the right things. You know, I think it just comes down to good routines, making sure when it's your turn to pitch. You know what you want to do, and there's a game plan, and you know you prepared yourself to go help your team win. So, I mean, back then in uh, 2019, I, I mean, I was still, you know, learning, growing. I think I was really just ex experiencing, you know, real competitive part of my game. I finally was 
had the leverage as a starting pitcher and I developed a good routine and, you know, I think we were just in a good spot. So I think, you know, the organization just put us in good positions to succeed. You know, Beavs did it the year before, Savali did it too. And other guys have done it before us. So, I mean, um, just continuing to grow and listen to people who we look up to and help us learn and develop and, you know, eventually become big leaguers. Man, it'd be great to get Plesak back in that rotation. Not only is he effective, obviously, but he is an innings eater and uh, usually gets the game fairly deep and preserves the bullpen. So we'll see how that transpires and, and when his next start may be and if it's indeed for the Indians. Well, we go from Plesak trying to reach the major leagues once again to some of the youngest in the Indians' minor league farm system. James Harris is the vice president of player development, and the lowest level of the Indians' farm system is out in Arizona. The Arizona Complex League is what it's called now, and it used to be the Arizona Summer League until realignment in minor league baseball. And James says, different name, but still a lot going on out in the desert in a positive way for player development. Absolutely. Um, we get to play games. Those games are played at night. It's Arizona, so it's really hot. Um, and, yeah, you get to play some some good competition against other teams. And it's a lot of first-time professional players, uh, most notably, uh, if we want to get right to it, on, on position player side, Carson Tucker, last year's top pick for the Indians, Milan Tolentino, another uh, top draft pick a year ago. And uh, how exciting is it from the, the development standpoint to finally see these kids uh, playing competition against other teams. It's extremely exciting because, I mean, those players were drafted a year ago. We didn't have, like, organized complex-level ball last year. So this is this is really their first organized opportunity to play after being after training for a full year. So we're excited to get them out there. And with someone like a Carson Tucker, uh, he's gone through his paces – leading into the games being played. How much work was there done in terms of a semi-normal spring training for them to, to build up to this? Yeah, he's been working for about a year, uh, and his brother's a big leaguer as well, So and he comes from a baseball family. So there's been quite a bit of work. If we work backwards from now, you had extended, you had spring training, you had some off-season programs. We did a fall season um, last year, so he's had quite a bit of work leading into this this first official season. And what are some of the takeaways as you get to know him a little bit better? I know obviously the scouts get to know him uh, pre-draft and and you try and do the best you can there. But now that he's in your system, what are some of the takeaways that, that you have from him very early on in his pro career? I came in physically prepared. He's a hard worker, loves the game, does it with a smile on his face, athletic guy um, who puts the bat on the ball. So we're excited to, so now that the bullets are live, we're excited to get him out there and and kind of see what happens in, in game situations. Another interesting name out there is Isaiah Green, who's one of the players that came back in the big offseason deal with the New York Mets. And uh, what are, are the early impressions of Green as you get to know him a little bit better, someone outside the organization coming in new? Yeah, it, it, it was great to get him and, and kind of get to know him and to see who he was as a person and the types of things that he's working on. But very similar to Carson Tucker, he's a, a mature guy, but both of those guys came out of high school, were mature physically who hadn't played a lot of baseball. So our goal is to, to bring him in, have him run around in the outfield, help him defensively, and and have him see live pitching, which is what we're hoping to do. Another interesting name is Alonzo Richardson, who uh, actually listed on the roster as an infielder, but you're mentioning it, and maybe this is, is kind of what 
that Arizona team can be for, for certain players. You want to look at him as a pitcher. What's going on there, and, and, and what led you down that path? Yeah, it's it's interesting because there's not a lot of players in pro ball right now that, that are two-way players, meaning that they hit and play a position as well as pitch. Um, and Otani is probably making it a little bit more popular for the younger generation. But this particular player was drafted as a two-way player was someone who we're going to let play in the infield and someone that we're, we're going to also have pitch. And it's not just pitch. It's like we think that he has a future as a pitcher. So we're focusing more on pitching this season, and then we'll see where the infield part takes him. Kind of fun to, to, to have someone in your organization like that, just to, to kind of figure out how it all fits together to make him the best he can be and see where it goes. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, it, it can be done, and he's a, he's a good player. So we're, we're looking forward to see what it looks like. A couple of more items on the, uh, the Arizona team at uh, the very lowest level of the Indians minor league system in the States. Uh, James, a lot in the news about the, the hot weather, which it always is out in Arizona, but maybe this year even warmer than normal. Uh, how do you help the kids get through uh, some of those days where it is really maybe unbearable almost and uh, make sure they can still play baseball and get their good work done? Yeah, there's no question about how hot it is in Arizona. I mean, it can be as, as high as 115 degrees um, around 3 o'clock, and that's one of the reasons why a majority of the games are played at night. So games start around 6 o'clock at night. Uh, they go through the night, sometimes 7 o'clock or later, um, just to kind of let the sun go down a little bit, but still at game time, still near 100 degrees. We hydrate them. We, we feed them. We make sure we get good sleep. We, we, we try to avoid the, the hottest part of the day to help these players continue to develop. Man, not, a, not an easy task, I'm sure. And uh, Jerry Owens is, is managing that ball club, and you've had some, some great player development people in that role in the past talking about like a, a, an Anthony Madrano or a Dennis Malave. And uh, what does Jerry bring to that role in this his first season looking at that club? So Jerry's in the same mode of a, a Madrano or a, a Malave where he, he really cares about the development of the young players and not just what's happening on the field, but thinking through the game from a fundamental standpoint, building things off the field from a life skill standpoint, just teaching these young players what being a pro is about. If you look at the roster, a majority of these guys are either drafted out of high school or going straight in or coming from Latin America. So they're 18 or 19 years old. Uh, either way, it's a young player entering pro ball. Laying that good foundation to be sure. James, always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks a lot for coming by. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Always fun to catch up with James Harris, Indians Vice President of Player Development. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. As always, thanks to Brian Motze for all of his help in putting together our show each week. We will join you next week right back here at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland when the Indians are in the midst of another homestand heading into the All-Star break. Until then, I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.